morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Let's stand together and worship.
give him some praise this morning. Turn to the person next to you and say hello. Everyone doing good? Y'all having a good weekend so far? Now we're going to do a new song this morning, but, you know, uh, I'm sure many of you by now, if one way or the other on the news, uh, heard about what happened with North Korea and South Korea coming together after years and years of conflict and shaking hands for the first time in, I mean, countless of years. And I'm not here to talk about the political implications or, or anything along those lines, but I just want to share a story with you about that moment. So there's a picture of the two leaders from both sides meeting right in the middle and shaking hands. Well, in that very exact spot, uh, there is a leader in the Christian world that is just such an advocacy for, for prayer. He goes all over the world and, and he just sees in some of the darkest places just what's happening in our world and he just prays and he has a team that just prays and they've seen God move in some of the darkest places. Well, in that exact spot that those two leaders came to shake hands just three years before that, he was in that very same location praying for that exact thing to happen. And then here we are. And so I say all of this to say, God changes things. Prayer changes things. When we pray and we invite God even to the darkest of situations that we find in our own lives, God moves. God can change what no one else can. And so maybe you just will need to reflect on your own life and that thing that maybe just seems too big for you to handle, that's okay, because it's not too big for God to handle. Or maybe when you flip on that TV screen, you just see darkness that you just can't escape and you look at that and say, how can this possibly change. Well, the only way it can is by trusting in a big God that can do big and amazing and impossible things. And so let's just reflect on that this morning. Just open our hearts and maybe let's just take this time to just pray. Let's just begin to pray and ask God to move in our community, move in our world, and move in our lives. Amen. Oh 
Father, and we just want to pray in faith, Lord. God, knowing that you can do big, impossible things, God, you are the only one that can move mountains, Father. And so we just come before you, Lord, with an open heart, just inviting you to move in our lives, God. We've come to meet with you this morning. God, and we want to meet with you in a real and personal way. God, we want to see you. And so I just pray that all throughout this room, all throughout this building, God, that you would just begin just speaking to hearts, Father God, giving them a greater depth of faith. God, root them in your love and your grace and your mercy and your power. God, we just pray, Father, that you'll be with Pastor Gaius. She delivers this message, Father, that you've put on her heart. And let us just be open to receive it and to be obedient to it, God. God, let us be changed because we met with you here today. God, we love you and we praise you. 
And we give you all honor and all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning. I got a couple of quick announcements for you guys, so I'll try to get through them as quickly as I possible can. If, as I possibly can. If you are a guest with us, uh, welcome to church. Uh, we're so glad that you have joined us here this morning. Uh, hopefully, you got a program as you came in, and inside that program is a connection card. And so if you can just do us a favor, uh, just fill that out really quick. Uh, there's some buckets that are going to come by during the next song. If you can just drop that connection card uh, in the bucket. Um, we just want to be able to reach out to you and say, hey, welcome to church. Answer any questions that you might have. Uh, so if you can do that for us, that would be great. Uh, during this next song, we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings. And this is just one of the many ways that we're able to worship Jesus in our lives. And so that's through giving back to him the first fruits of what he's given us because every good and perfect gift comes from God. And so everything that we have is really due to his provision. And so uh, give with a cheerful heart, not as the Lord, uh, as the Lord leads you, but just not begrudgingly. So just uh, let him lead you in that. And there are many ways that you can uh, give. You can give a uh, cash or check as the buckets come by. Uh, you can go out to one of the giving kiosks and actually do debit or credit out there. Or if you are online, just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Or you can actually give through the Salem Fields Community Church app. And if you have not downloaded the new app, I definitely want to encourage you to do that. It is uh, awesome. You know, one of my favorite new features within the app is the fact that you can actually take your own message notes. So the message notes you get in the program, those are also on the app. You can fill in the blank, but you can even take your own notes and save it to be able to look up and read those later and even uh, send them to your family and friends if you think they need to uh, hear that as well. So you know what? Definitely want to encourage you, check that out, download the new one, get rid of the old one, uh, and you will not regret it. So a couple of other quick announcements. We had our leadership board elections last week. If you want to know the results of that election, just go to SalemFields.com, and all the results are there, and you can check that out. Uh, tonight at 6 o'clock is our celebration service. You know, we are a church of three different services, and then we even have our online community as well that meets with us. And so this is an opportunity for us to all come together and celebrate everything that God has been doing in and through Sandal Fields Community Church. And so there's going to be baptisms, there's going to be child dedications, there's going to be worship, communion. It is an amazing time. And so uh, definitely want to encourage you guys, come be a part of that. Come uh, celebrate with us and just uh, really be able to reflect and see, man, God is moving through this place and he's changing lives and it's just an amazing time. So uh, definitely check that out. If you want to be baptized or have your child dedicated, it's definitely not too late. You can either fill that out on your connection card or you can go out to uh, one of the tables out there and someone will get you all signed up and we will get you all set uh, for tonight. And even if you don't get signed up or you know someone that, you know, really wants to be a part of this, uh, they can also just show up as well. So we want to be able to include uh, everyone. Uh, we have some missions opportunities coming up. Uh, this is an exciting time just to be able to, uh, you know, step outside of your comfort zone and still go out and be the, the hands and feet of Jesus in multiple ways. And so uh, for students, we actually have a high school trip that's going to Florida, June 24th through the 30th. Uh, we have a middle school trip that's going to be a local. I think they're going to go to Williamsburg. They're going to go to, to Richmond, Culpeper. That's going to take place uh, July 9th through the 13th. Uh, so those are all students' ones. I know you can definitely get more information 
information by emailing students at salemfields.com or going and seeing uh, Trent and Dee in the back there. Uh, but for everyone else, there's also Ecuador uh, in August and Guatemala in October. And so there's a missions table uh, out there in the lobby. So you can go and you can get all the details about every single one of those trips and what to expect uh, by visiting that table. So I definitely want to encourage you uh, to go and do that. Uh, our Mother's Day service is coming up. Uh, that's going to be May 12th and 13th on Mother's Day weekend. Uh, it's just a great time. We want to encourage moms to bring their entire family and bring the people that are important in their lives. And we're actually uh, going to give a special prize to the mom that brings the most family uh, and friends and people that are in uh, their lives. So it's going to be a great time. We're also going to have you know a special photo op opportunity. And it's just going to be a great weekend. So definitely want to encourage uh, all moms to uh, be ready for that and make sure that we make that weekend as great as possible. And then lastly, uh, we have another Women's Night Out event coming up. Uh, this is Scoops and Smiles. I told Jess this is a really creative name, so I love it. Uh, it's just a great time for you women to come out, have some fun, eat some ice cream, and just get to know one another and connect with one another uh, in a really cool way. So definitely be a part of that. That's going to take place Friday, May 18th at 7 p.m. Child care will be provided. If you want any more information about that, just email women at SalemFields.com. Well, Pastor Gay is going to continue our Don't Be Fooled series here this morning, and so we're going to take our tithes and offerings, and as those buckets pass by, won't you stand with us and sing?
some fun today, aren't we? <laughs> All right, well, uh, we sang, I asked them to do that song, because we sang uh, the beliefs of the Christian faith. Now, that's called the Apostles' Creed. Have you heard that phrase before? The Apostles' Creed. Those words have been spoken and have been sung for generations. It began back in the early church, and uh, the people put together, this is, this is what we believe. But here's the question for us today. Just because we sing that, just because we say that, 
Just because we have a wonderful worship time of saying, I believe in God the Father. I believe that Christ is his son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Trinity. It's the three in one. Just because we say we believe that, does that make us right in the eyes of God? The question for us today is, is believing in God enough? Now this series, Don't Be Fooled, has been a challenge. We've wanted to challenge everybody with these kinds of questions in our lives, to actually be able to speak convincingly about what we believe. What's that gonna take? Is it just because we say that we believe in something? Now, most people in uh, the world, actually, if you want to Google it, you can. You can do that right now, and it'll say that 84% of the people in the world say that they believe in God. That means that 14% say that they're atheists. Now, Billy Graham said, I was listening to him the other day, and he said, you know what? It's not even possible to be an atheist because the image of God is written on the heart of every person. But some people say, I don't believe in God. I just talked to somebody uh, that said they have a friend that says, I, I, I don't believe in God. But the, mo the majority of the people will say they believe in God. So I found some people that are very popular. You may know who they are. You may not. But uh, here's what they said. They believe in God, okay? First one is Jay-Z. Anyone know who that is? Okay. Is he made famous because of Beyonce or the other way around? I don't know. <laughs> here's what he says. I believe in one God. I don't believe in religion. I don't believe in Christians or Muslims. I think it's all the same God. I don't believe in hell. But as far as God, of course, I believe in God. That's what Jay-Z says. So let's look at what Oprah says. She's pretty popular, right? She says, I believe that there are many paths to God or many paths to the light. I certainly don't believe there is only one way. But she says, I believe in God. Let's look at Steve Jobs. You know who he is? A lot of us are impacted by him, right? My little Apple computer, my device, uh, Apple. And he said this, Sometimes I believe in God, sometimes I don't. I think it's 50-50 maybe, but ever since I've had cancer, I've been thinking about it more, and I find myself believing a bit more. Now, Steve Jobs passed away, so I would say he probably knows the truth right now because there has been some action taken in his life, and when we take action, that's how we find the truth. That was Steve Jobs. Okay, this is Lady Gaga. Do you guys know who she is? Okay, pretty popular people here, right? They all say, I believe in God. I believe in God, I'm very spiritual, I pray. At the same time, there isn't one religion that doesn't hate or speak against another racial group or religious group or sexual group. I guess you could say, I'm a very religious woman who is confused about religion. But she says, I believe in God. Now, Jay-Z, Oprah, Lady Gaga, Steve Jobs, they all say, I believe in God. I say... I believe in God. Buddy would say, I believe in God. How many people here would say, I believe in God? Yeah, I would say probably everyone here. Maybe someone here is kind of skeptical about the whole thing, and that's okay. I love talking with people who just don't quite know where they stand on that, that whole thing. But we would say, the majority of us would say, I believe in God. Well, what does that really mean? And if you say, I believe in God, would you say something like Lady Gaga or Oprah? Or 
how would you convince me <laughs> that you believe in God? Because James, and we're going to look very closely at James, you can read that book in a short period of time, but it is packed with all kinds of things. We're going to look at it very heavily today. James said this. He said, you believe that there's one God, good. Even the demons believe that. Uh, we're in good company, aren't we? We're in good company. We all say, I believe, I believe. You see, the demons that James was writing about not only believed in God, but they believed in the true God, and they believed the truth about God, and they feared and trembled and shuddered, it says. Those are the demons. They believed in the true God, yet even though they believed, they were still demons. And the reason for that is because they had an intellectual belief that really changed nothing. Now, head knowledge is important, and people say knowledge is power, but knowledge will not change anything. And that was the belief that the demons had. Now, what separates us from the demons? You see, the question for us then is to get down to the nitty-gritty and say, is believing, even believing, having true beliefs, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son, is believing enough? Now here's a really silly video that illustrates this. Is there a doctor in the house? I'm a doctor. I'm a, I am a doctor. I'm, I'm a doctor. This man's starving to death. He needs food. Let's carry him into the house. Honey, you, you've got to eat. You've got to live. Listen, we found you outside laying down. You were passed out. But do you believe that if you eat this food, you will not die? You've got to eat something. Seriously, man, we care for you and we need you to believe that if you eat this food, yeah, you're gonna live. Oh. Yeah. Man, we really need you to believe. It's great. Yeah. All right, believe, man. Son. This food, this food sustains life. The food has, has nutrition and vitamins, and calcium and minerals and fiber. It's got fiber to sustain you. But you've got to believe. I 
think I believe. Well, son, I know you believe in your head, but you've got to believe in your heart. Not in your head, but if you believe in your heart, you will live. Do, do you believe? I believe. Do you believe? I, I believe. I believe. Yes, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe something. I believe something. I believe something. I believe that if I eat this food, I will not. say, I believe that vegetables are good for me, but I don't eat them. I mean, I do, but we can, that's what we do. I can say, I believe that exercise and drinking water is really good for the body, but I don't do that. I believe that, um, I believe that worry is harmful and unproductive but I still worry. You see, here's the problem. What I say I believe and how I live are not matching up. And guess who notices that really quick? Unchurched people and children, right? And so that's why it's really important for us to take the time to say, don't be fooled. This really, really matters. The pastor of the largest church in the U.S. is in Oklahoma, and I'm going to go there in a couple of weeks. I've never been to Oklahoma. And uh, he said this. He said, there's a fine line between believing like a Christian but living like an atheist. Ouch. So, James says this, he says, in the same way, faith by itself, now there's a fine line between believing and faith, faith by itself, he says, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Now, uh, Colin found me this great video on YouTube, and uh, here it is. And uh, there was this guy that said, if you take one balloon and have one tack, the, it'll pop the balloon. You believe that? You're right, <laughs> if you believe that. One tack, you take one balloon, but he said, and he even showed on this YouTube video, if you take a balloon and you have a whole bed of tacks, if you put this on the whole bed of tacks, now we just saw that pop with one tack. You can put it on the whole bed of tacks and push it and roll it around and it won't pop. Do you guys believe that? You don't? So you don't believe it. You think that it'll pop. Is there anybody that does believe it? 
You believe that it will pop. Oh, that it won't pop. You believe that it won't. So we've got all kinds of believers here, don't we? And we don't know for sure, do we? We just have what, what's your guess? <laughs> Somewhere in between. <laughs> we don't know for sure, do we? We don't know if it'll pop or if it won't. Now, I did it last night, and there was a result, but that doesn't guarantee that what I saw in that YouTube video or what I do today is going to be the same as, as last night. We don't know what will happen to this balloon, do we? We can say, well, I believe it'll pop. I don't believe it'll pop, and it'll just be theory. It'll just be something that we can put in our mind, but we don't know for sure, do we? And we may leave here today and I'll never do it. <laughs> and you'll never know. Now you see, that's the way a lot of people that say, I believe, live. Because taking that action, there's so much that keeps us from it. I fear putting it on that bed because it'll, it might pop in my face or the experiment won't do what I want it to or the result won't be what I want it to be. So we hold on to the balloon and we say, I believe that it could pop. I believe that it won't pop, but we don't know for sure, do we? So we can't speak convincingly about what happens when you put a balloon on a bed of tacks, right? We can just say, well, I, I believe you're not being convinced that you, you're not convincing me that you truly believe what you say you believe. Are you following me? So we don't really know what's going to happen or what might happen to this balloon should I decide to do it or not do it. Because a lot of times people walk out of here and say, I believe, but never really put anything into action and you don't really know what you believe. We just kind of fall into the whole 84% that say, yeah, I believe. But what does that really mean to you? You really haven't experienced what you've told me you believe. You guys with me? You see, we say we believe in God. We say that we believe that the Bible is true and that if you live by the Bible that you'll have what Jesus says, the abundant life and you'll have eternal life. But if we're not applying that to our life, if we're not taking action to step forward and risk and step through our fear, then we're just like the demons. We're in the category with the demons because they believe. They believe in the truth and there'll never be any change in our life. No life change at all because intellectual convinced does not change anything. The balloon is still the balloon. Now I want to clarify 
This is not about salvation. This is not about accepting Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Now, theologians will get into the uh, conversation that Paul and James were on a different page, and that's not true at all. Paul was speaking, especially in the Romans, he was telling people that there is nothing that you can do to earn your salvation. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ and you want to accept him as your personal savior, you can't do anything wonderful. You can't not do anything wonderful. His love is the same for you. You cannot earn your salvation. In fact, they said, for we maintain, Paul said this, for we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, there is nothing you can do to earn that. It's a free gift that he gives to everyone. So that's not what we're talking about here today. Paul was concerned with new believers. He was offering them the salvation of Jesus Christ. But James, James is challenging those people that have already said, I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the three in one. And I can sense when I read James that he was getting a little frustrated, a little ticked off, because he was watching these people that said, I believe, but their lives were not lining up with what they were talking. And he was frustrated. And so he was writing to them. He said, even Jesus said that faith without works is dead and works without faith is dead. You have to have both or it's not complete. Jesus said this, he said, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. In other words, when you plant a tree, you have to plant it, you have to work hard to plant it, it grows, you have to prune it, you have to cut some branches off, and when you do that, it cuts it back, and beautiful fruit is produced. You don't just stick a seed and say, well, I hope you grow. No. There are, there are things that we have to do. There are deeds that line up with God's word that have to be incorporated into our life so that we have the experience of knowing what happens. So that when somebody asks us, why do you believe? We can speak convincingly because I have experienced it. I'm not just talking about something that I'm carrying around and I think it'll be good. I've experienced it because I have incorporated that into my life and he is changing me because you see, just in your head and belief will not change you. You will not be a convincing believer in this world of Jesus Christ, especially by people that don't go to church and your children. You see, fruit is the result of living by the Spirit. And it's the result of obedience. Remember last week we talked about in sexuality? You know, it's not about God being what we want him for me. It's about me becoming more like him. And the only way that happens is through obedience. And you know what happens when you're in the middle of a, of a, of a human urge and you just want to fulfill that and make it feel better right now in the moment? And, 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 you, and you have to have self-denial, it's painful. But that's what obedience is. 
It's not medicating ourselves into a place so I feel better now. It says, God, I'm going to hurt, and I, I know that you're going to be with me right now. And in that obedience, he changes us. He pops the balloon. You see, that's how fruit is produced. And Paul and James were on the same page because Paul said this as well. He said, God will repay each person according to what they've done. Oh, boy, that'll stop you in your tracks, won't it? And so that's why it's so important for us to be here this morning and ask ourselves that question. Is believing for my life enough? Because... The scripture clearly says that God will repay me according to what I have done. See, both said that action proves a person's faith. Beliefs are important. We've got to have faith. We've got to have beliefs because that's the catalyst to lead us to a place to know what's next, to know what our action step is. It's important for us to believe that this whatever we believe about this, because then it leads us to say, am I going to go forward and do it or not? And that's where so many of us are living, the blocks that keep us from it. Their beliefs are important, but they don't even make the slightest change in your life. The belief that we have hasn't changed this balloon one bit, has it? So we can believe all we want. None of us know for sure. But you know what? God knows exactly what will happen to this balloon. And he wants you to know exactly what will happen if you give him that fear or if you take the risk. And I think this kind of represents God because he, he ups the risk. He says it's not just one tack here, but there's a lot of tacks. It's very dangerous out there when you risk your faith and you decide to take action. It might blow up in your face. But he says, I'll be there with you. Just take action. You see, James condemned professing faith without putting it into action. We have a biblical, beautiful biblical example of going beyond faith, and that was Abraham. Abraham was called the father of faith, and it all began back in uh, the early part of the Bible. And uh, God called Abraham. He said, Abraham, I want you to just, he had been settled there. He was in a land, and he was doing well. And he said, Abraham, I want you to pick everything up. I want you to uproot your family, and I want you to leave your land. And so Abraham obeyed. He said, I'll do that. And then you go down history a while, and they had all kinds of things to happen. And God came to Abraham, and he said, Abraham, I want to know if you're truly mine. I want to know if you're willing to do whatever it takes to show me that you believe that I have you in my hands. He said, I want you to take the the one that you love the most, your son. And I want you to take him up the mountain And I want you to lay him on the altar, and I want you to sacrifice your son. And Abraham is saying, are you crazy? That makes no sense. It makes no sense. But let's read what Abraham did. It said, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions, because you see, Abraham went up that mountain. You know the story. 
Isaac was behind him, and Isaac was saying, are we going to find the lamb as we go up the mountain? And Abraham knew fully what was ahead because he was going to lay his son on the altar and sacrifice him because he was willing to do whatever God asked him to do. That's hardcore, isn't it? But don't you think our world deserves some hardcore Christians? And we've got opportunity. We've got opportunity. You, say, you see, uh, it, the, the rest of that says, you see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. The Living Bible said he was trusting God so much that he was willing to do whatever God told him to. That's very key because deeds and, our, and works have to come out of what God asks, not what we think we need to do. You see, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and we say that we follow him and we raise our hand and say, I believe in God the Father, I believe that Christ is his son, I believe in the resurrection, then we are called to act on that. Is your life revealing the resurrection? Is your life revealing a trust in God that says whatever it is, God, whatever you ask me to do, no matter what the outcome will be, no matter the risk that I have to take, I'm willing to do that for you. Quite honestly, I think the world and children really want to see that in someone that the walk is matching the talk. You see, we're called to action even when it doesn't make sense, even when we might mess it up, even when we might say the wrong things, even when it it looks ugly, when we take that action, God's grace and his mercy is still with us. At least we've taken the action, right? And we're not holding the balloon and saying, well, I think it'll be okay. I'll tell you, children are quick to pick up on the inconsistencies between our words and our actions. And they're the ones at risk. They're the ones at stake. Last week after I left the the service, a, a mom came up to me with tears in her eyes. And she said, you know, when my daughter was growing up, I taught her not to live outside of marriage with another uh, a, a man. And she said, and then I did it. And now my daughter is moving out. She's moving in with her boyfriend. And she's following my example. You see, kids don't follow what we tell them to do. They follow what we do. And so when I talk to parents, I say, stop trying to get your kids to be something. Look at yourself. Look at what you're doing. That sexuality pamphlet, I say to parents all the time, take a look at your sexual history. Take a look at how you're living life because when you can get that consistent, your walk and your talk, you don't have to worry about your kids. It was interesting, I walked in here yesterday and there's a a man that always says, good morning, Gay. And uh, his daughter used to say, hi, Pastor Gay. But she hangs out with her dad a lot. And I walked in the other day and she said, good morning, Gay. (laughs) It was exactly like her father. You guys get it? They do what we do. They don't do what we say. And so that's why we've got to take the pressure off the kids and put it on ourselves, okay? You see, we've all been there. 
We've all been there. That's why this message is important. That's why we don't want to be fooled and we want to take time to do a self-inventory and say, where might I not be taking action and saying that I believe, but I don't really know. Well, I'm going to give you some three action steps that you can decide whether or not you want to take. And if you can ask yourself, what steps can I take to make what I say match up with what I live? First of all, the first action, and this is the toughest of all, is lay down my pride. And for some, that's harder than others. Because pride is the thing that makes us vulnerable. We don't like to be vulnerable. We don't like to look bad in the eyes of other people. But God says, don't you worry about the other people. You lay down your pride. You lay down yourself. You be vulnerable. This is about you. And do you really want your walk to match your talk? Then you're going to have to stop getting your eyes on other people and lay down your pride. You have to take on a, a humble, repentant heart. You see, I, I said to the, to the mom, I said, you know what? She, she looked at me and she said, I feel so guilty. And I said, yeah, you're not going to like what I say, but you are. But God's forgiveness is so beautiful. God's mercy. But that's not going to change the consequences of what's going on now. And I said, it's important for you to go before the Lord and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that's, what, that's the first step that many of us need to take. In, James says this, he says, I want you to listen for the action words here. So give your hearts humbly to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And when you draw close to God, God will draw close to you. Do you hear the action? What is it? Give, resist, draw close. That's your job. That's biblical. Those are good deeds. To give your life to God, to in the intensity of that moment, resist the devil. My mom always said to say this, say, get thee behind me, Satan. It works. When you're intensely in the middle of something that you think you cannot handle, you say, get thee behind me, Satan, and he will flee. The Bible promises that. Everybody can be armed not to fall into temptation. I mean, you have temptation, but not to fall into sin. And the other one is draw close. I had to do that on Friday. I went home, and I was in the middle of an intense situation that I didn't handle very well. But you know what? I went home, and I humbly went before the Lord. And I said, enemy, you're not going to get me. I'm pretty stubborn. And you know what I did? I just said, God, I don't know what to do. I need you to draw close to me, and I'm just going to stay close to you. And you know what happened? By the end of the day, I had experienced some time with him. It was just beautiful. I knew he had forgiven me for messing that all up. And now I have an action step that I need to take. And I know what my action step is. I know what the balloon pop is going to be. And it may not be pretty, but I can tell you this. I'm going to take it because I don't want to know just in theory how this is all going to turn out. I want to experience it so that I can tell people, so that I can 
talk to you and, and you can be convinced that I'm not only telling you this because I believe it, it's because I have experienced it. You won't get in arguments about that. You see, action, the belief is, is uh, one side of the coin and there are two sides to the coin. The other side is repentance. You can't have a coin without both sides. Faith turns to God and repentance is action. It turns away from sin and you can't do one without the other. That's why mere belief in God is not enough. So our question for us is not simply do I believe in God, but am I acting on that belief? Have I acted on that belief? The second step is this, obey. Because you see, it's God's word that changes us. It's not our belief, it's God's word. It's like a double-edged sword. It pierces our heart, it shows us the truth, and then it heals. Nothing else will change us. Nothing else will heal us. We have to obey his word. And there's probably something in your life right now that you know you're not obeying, that you need to obey, and that's your action step. What is it that's holding you back? Because if you're afraid, then fear is going to be what your life is all about. It's not going to be the truth of what God wants to do in your life. We have to obey. And so I'm challenging you to observe yourself this week and ask yourself on a daily basis, am I living, am I obeying, am, am I allowing God to change me and not the other way around? Because so many today, it's very popular to take the scripture and twist it a little bit so it fits me. It makes it just a little bit easier for me. But am I allowing God's word to change me? The Bible is packed with how to live a godly life. Just believing it is not going to make one bit of difference. Here are some things that you can live by. You can put these on your mirror in the morning and say, God, I'm going to try, I'm going to obey this to the best of my ability to today and with the power of your Holy Spirit. Blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely that's not right. So some of us might be blessing one moment and then yelling at people the next moment. Well, observe yourself and begin to obey what God says. That's not right. Take responsibility. Confess. Here's one, live a life of steady goodness so that only good deeds will pour forth. And if you don't brag about them, then you will be truly wise. You see, these are deeds. Let me tell you what deeds without faith is. Just doing things that make me feel like a good person. Or just doing something because it's a good thing to do. That's deeds without faith. Deeds with faith are the, is the word of God and following the word of God. Here's another one. For, whatever, for wherever there is jealousy or selfish ambition, is there any jealousy in your... Do you look at somebody else and compare yourself to them or want what they have? That's jealousy. And we're notorious people for looking at what someone else has instead of looking to God and say, God, what have you given me? I'll be thankful for that and I will be faithful to what you've given, no, we're, we're looking at everybody else and I wish I had that. Or I love what, you, you see, it says, for wherever there's jealousy or selfish ambition, there will be disorder and every other kind of evil. The next one is don't criticize and speak evil about each other. If you do, you'll be fighting against God's law of loving one another. Your job is not to decide whether this law is right or wrong, but to obey it. That's an action step. We can do these things. 
So, I just suspect that during this time that we've had, it's been, been about a half an hour, that maybe God brought something to your mind. Maybe a belief that you have that you haven't acted on. Maybe an action step that you know you need to take that you haven't taken. And I just want to challenge you in that right now. What is your next, what is your action step? I know what mine is with the balloon. Because we need to know the truth, don't we? We don't know the truth right now about this balloon. You, you guys agree with me? We don't know the truth. We think we know what might happen. But what is the action step? that you need to take. Now I want to be, I want you to examine your motives as you do that. But here's another scripture verse that James gives us that'll stop us in our tracks. Remember too, that knowing what is right to do and not doing it is sin. I had someone come to me after the message last night and she said, oh great, another sermon to haunt me. She said, that one on judging, I'm seeing myself judge all the time. And, and she said, I just cracked up. I said, An another sermon to Yeah, because you know what? We need to think about this. We need to give some thought and consideration into what other people are seeing about us that we're not seeing ourselves. And what that means is that if we know what is right to do, if God has brought something to your mind about an action step or maybe a belief that you say you believe that you're not actually incorporating into your life, to not take action is sin. And you know what sin does? It'll take you down. You have no power over sin except for Jesus Christ and turning from that sin. That stopped me in my tracks. Here's the third action. Walk out your talk. And the way that we do that is to weave God's word. You know, maybe we've repented now. We've asked God to forgive us. And, and maybe we've decided to obey. But now is the time to put your money where the your mouth is. Now's the time to begin to walk your talk. So you go into the everyday details of your life and you weave God, God's word into every detail. If he's given you one verse, it, you could live that your whole life and you'd find a successful, abundant life. Just take one verse and live that out in your daily life. You see, trusting God, taking the risk to step out and act on what we say we believe is faith made full by works. But faith is not full, faith is not complete until we have acted on what we know we need to do. And I suspect that maybe God has already brought something to your mind. And I have to say, I know that's really hard, but I tell you that because I love you. And I want the world to see people that say, I believe. And they are sold out because they have experienced it. Not because they just say they believe it. Not so we just sing, I believe in God the Father. You ready for the balloon? Yeah? All right. So um, we know that one balloon popped it. Is that amazing? One, one tack pops it. 
and a whole bunch of tacks don't. What is that all about? Now, somebody explained it to me through physics last night. I got a physics lesson. <laughs> it's kind of like the sun and a laser, you know what I mean? Like the sun shines down and it disperses the heat. A laser can kill cancer. Or like if somebody takes a finger and they poke it in you, that's going to hurt. But if they take, well, if they took their fist, that would hurt too. But you, you get the point. Their hand, yeah, their hand. You see what I'm saying? So now that doesn't make any sense, does it? It does through physics. But it doesn't to me that sees tacks that pop balloons, okay? But the guy did say if you put more... Somebody help me. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> it all goes in the same body, right? She's becoming a nurse right now. <laughs> Here's what I know. We don't want to live like the demons, do we? We don't want to be classified in that group. There's only one thing that will separate us. That we take it from an intellectual belief and we act on what we know we believe. We don't want to be what that pastor had said, that we have a Christian faith, but we're just living like an atheist. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to be that way. But you see, it's going to, it's going to be risky. It's going to be risky. And, and that fear that you have, that's been your friend. Because you don't have to experience whatever you're afraid is going to happen. And we don't like giving up that fear. We don't like to give up the comfort. But that action step is risky. And when you take that action step, I think that's why God ups the risk. Because he says, trust me. I wanted to do that little activity where a person stands here and falls backward and lets uh, someone catch them. Will you do it, Josh? Come on, catch me. I'm kidding. <laughs> you would? I wanted to do that. Because do you trust God like that to place your whole life in his hands and take action steps? Because you see, it's only in taking that action step, only in obeying him, that you will get the next thing to do. People say, God, what do you want for my future? Well, he's not going to tell you. Thank you. He's not going to tell you what he wants for your future. He's saying to you, take the next step. You already know what that is. Take the next step. No, I want to see the big picture. I want to know what you have for me. No. Take the next step. Because his word is a lamp to your feet. You only get enough light to take one more step. And you know what happens when you take that action step? He gives you the next step. And your relationship with him grows deeper. And you fall in love with him even more. So that when you talk to people, you say, I'm not just telling you this because I think it's true. I'm telling you this because I have experienced the king of kings in my life. I have experienced, and I don't care if anybody debates or doesn't believe with me what I say. You can debate. I have experienced Jesus Christ in my life. And you know what will happen? There will be fruit. There will be joy, not happiness. Happiness is an emotion. That's not our goal. Our goal is a peace that passes all understanding, even in the midst of the storms. 
That's faith. But faith without works is only what the demons have. Works without faith is dead. The deeds that we do are to be in line with God's word. And so that means we need to be talking to him. We need to be asking him, God, what's the next step in my life? Welcome to Christianity. It's not for wimps. James says this. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility. We've got opportunity this morning. You've got opportunity to see whether or not your balloon will burst, right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. God, it's not always what we want to hear, but God, certainly it is what we need to hear. And so, Father, I pray that we would be a mighty army of people that don't just talk about our beliefs in theory, talk about this life that we can live with you simply by believing, but that we would step across that line, Lord, that we would take your hand and we would act upon what we know. God, I know that in this room there have been people I've watched the faces, and I can see when that happens, I can see that you have spoken and Father, I believe that hearts are pounding, knowing what that action step is. And so Father, the only way we can do that is to be empowered by you, to have the faith to know that you're already in the future, that you've got this, that you're there no matter what the outcome is, that you're gonna hold our hand, that you're gonna be there, that you're gonna cry with us, you're gonna celebrate with us. God, I pray that we will be people that testify to the experiences that we're having with you, Lord. And so, Father, I just pray that your spirit will empower those that have hearts that are turned toward you. For that person, Lord, that has never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, Father, I pray that they'll take that action step right now and say, God, would you forgive me? I want a relationship with you. I want to explore who you are. I want to learn to know you better. I'm sorry, I've gone my own way. I know that. And God, I turn back to you and I confess to you that I know I was wrong. And then, Lord, for those of us who say we believe, God, I pray that we not only be hearers of this word, that we will be doers of this word. The victory that comes from that, no matter what the action result is, Lord, is just so incredibly wonderful with you. And so, Lord, as we worship, I just pray that we will respond in a way that is obedient to you. Let's stand together and worship. Still call the seas to still. 
experiment and I know what can happen it can hurt when I take action and I can choose in the next service to not push it all the way down just tell him that's what happens because I'm convinced I know what happens I know what can happen and whatever that action step is for you it might blow up in your face but you know what at least you did it and God will honor that. And you know what happened to me? We can talk convincingly about what happens to a balloon on a bed of nails, on, on a bed of tacks, can't we? And when that blew up in my face and when blood came, I had people that came around me. I've got a Band-Aid. I've got tissues. The blood has stopped. I challenge you today with all of my heart on the authority of God's word. Don't let whatever ever that is that you're holding hold you back from experiencing God's goodness and his love. Because I want people in this world that convincingly can talk about the experience that you've had. I don't want just what you believe or what you think. I want what you know. <sighs> Father, thank you so much. And I pray, Lord, that Jesus will pull away the darkness in the lives of those that have decided to go out and act. 
And may it be in line with your word, Lord. And may we experience the goodness of you. Thanks for this time that we've had together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, you guys, for being here. Go out and act.